0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Pastor Larry has an important update on our prisoner outreach ministry, and James Collins welcomes back author Jeff Kinley to look at how current societal and global trends foreshadow the nearness of the end times. Truth time, friends. Being a listener-funded ministry is at times difficult. This summer has been devastating for Watchmen on the Wall when it comes to giving. Gifts to the ministry have almost completely dried up. Please be praying for Watchmen on the Wall that the needed funds would come in and we would be able to pay the needed bills and continue to produce and broadcast the uncensored truth. To support Watchmen on the Wall with a tax-deductible gift today, please call 1-800-652-1144. That's one 800 652 1144 or you can give online swrc.com and friends thank you thank you for your faithful support of Watchmen on the wall despite the raw reality of these last days james collins and jeff kinley are here to inspire you to live with hope a hope that vaccinates you against the ignorance and anxiety that plague our world today
1: Pandemics, economic chaos, natural disasters, mass shootings, and political strife. With everything that has been happening in our world the past couple of years, many people believe that we're in a prophetic season of global change. How does all these societal and global trends foreshadow the nearness of the end times? To answer this question, I've asked Jeff Kinley to join me again. Jeff is a Bible teacher, conference speaker, and the best-selling author of over 30 books. One of those books is titled Aftershocks, Christians Entering a New Era of Global Crisis. Jeff, welcome back to the program.
2: James, thank you so much.
1: Well, I want to start with the title, Aftershocks. Would you explain the title? What do you mean by aftershocks?
2: With every great earthquake that happens, there are always aftershocks. In fact, sometimes the aftershocks can last for years after an earthquake and I think what our world has been through in the past couple of years has been one of those global seismic shifts in other words I think the world has permanently changed over the past couple of years just like after 9-11 our country changed in so many ways I think the world has changed and what we're experiencing now are some of the aftershocks of that event of what we've gone through and so these aftershocks actually end up becoming foreshocks to what is going to happen in the future but I think we're in the aftershock phase right
1: now. When we talked about the book you co-wrote with Mark Hitchcock, Global Reset, I said that I thought it might be your best, but I also think that Aftershocks is right up there too. It may be one of the most important books you have written because you show exactly how life will likely change for believers, our families, communities, culture, and our churches in the coming months and years ahead. Now, Jeff, isn't it important for Christians to understand these times?
2: It really is, and that's one of the things that Christ lamented about the Pharisees when they came to him in Matthew 16. They asked him to show him a sign, and Jesus said, Look, you know, you guys can read the signs that tells you what kind of weather is going to be, but you can't see the sign that's standing right in front of you, the sign of the times. And Jesus was the sign of the times for their generation. But then even further with his disciples in Luke chapter 24 after his resurrection, When he's on the road to Emmaus and he's talking with these two disciples, and they can't even understand the scriptures concerning the prophecies about Christ. And instead of Christ being sort of understanding with them, he called them foolish men and he began to explain the scripture to them. He said, Basically, I expected you to understand the times in which you were living. Well, here we are 2,000 years later, and I believe Jesus expects us to understand the times in which we're living. And of course, that critical intel can only be found in the scriptures. And yet now we have less than 14% of believers are reading their Bibles right. every day. And so it's no surprise that people don't know what's happening. They're just wondering and responding to what's happening around them.
1: In Aftershocks, you share a story about your dog, Lucy, as an illustration. Would you share Lucy's story and how her story relates to people and cultures?
2: Yeah, we had this dog, Lucy, this golden retriever and just strong as an ox, fast as a horse, just happy with life. And yet she began slowing down while we were away on vacation. We got back and, and she refused to eat. And we finally took her to the vet. And the vet says she's filled with all these tumors, which we found out was kind of common for that breed. And it was interesting because, you know, these tumors had been inside her for a long time, but she had not been giving any evidence for it until the very end. And I think what happened is, is that Those tumors just became known to us at the end, and it reveals what was happening at the end. I think that what's going on right now is that people don't understand. There are a lot of tumors in our world today, a lot of bad things that are going on, yet people aren't recognizing those things until it's too late. And so that's why it's important to really know what's happening under the surface. That's what this whole idea of the past couple of years have been, I think, for the world. It's been the great revealer. It's revealed what we're really made of, the way we've responded to these things. But they were hidden there all along. We just weren't recognizing
1: them. Along that same line, at the height of COVID-19, we saw governments close churches while they allowed massage parlors to remain open. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 13 that we are to be in subjection to government authorities. And with that passage in mind, how should we as Christians respond to what appears to be government intrusion in our lives.
2: Well, you know, Romans 13 does tell us that all governments are established by God and that we are to obey governments because essentially they're there to punish evildoers and to keep us safe. We're finding that governments are not doing that, for one thing. <laughs> they're rewarding evildoers and they're punishing the innocent and the righteous in many cases. However, the first century church certainly knew exactly what that was about. Now, what I write about in the book in the chapter called Caesar and God about how there are times when it is proper and even godly to respond to government in a way to say, look, I'm not going to stop obeying my Lord, I'm not going to stop following my faith. As Peter and John said, we must obey God rather than men, that righteousness trumps a government. And so whenever there's a time when our conscience is offended by what government is doing or we're asked to do something that is against what Scripture says, then we have to take whatever wrath the government gives us but to obey God. And I think that's where we come to a place where, like in Philippians three twenty, where it says our citizenship is in heaven. And that's where our real citizenship is. I mean, had the Christians and the, those righteous, loving people not had that attitude, we never would have founded America. We would have just folded under religious and governmental tyranny. And so we have to make sure that even though governments are divinely appointed, they're not divine, and that many times godless people are in power And so we have to sometimes conscientiously disobey when those times come where it causes us to disobey Scripture.
1: As we are recording this program, gasoline costs about $5 a gallon, and inflation is out of control. You devote a chapter in the book to the coming end times economic collapse. Economically, have we reached the point
2: of no return? Well, the world is about $250 trillion in debt right now, globally speaking. Trillions more because of COVID and because of the shutdown of schools and of businesses and stuff. The United States is about $28 trillion in debt. I don't think there's any way to ever pay back that. You just have to print money that's not backed up by anything. And so what's happening is you're essentially seeing these governments and countries around the world that are economically imploding, and they're happening to really, it's almost like hikers hiking up a mountain. We're all sort of tethered to one another, Mm -hmm. so when one country falls, other countries have to reach down and grab that country and bring it up again. Of course, that weakens that country doing that, so at some point there's going to be an economic collapse, and I think that will probably coincide with the rapture, and so there'll have to be some sort of restructuring of the economy, and so the way I think that's going to work is through probably a digital economy, and that's the only economy that Antichrist can control. And so once that happens, if the World Economic Forum has their way, then you'll basically own nothing, but you'll be happy, they say. And so the government will be the one that doles out the money, decides how it's spent, when you get your paycheck and what you get. And so I think the coming economic collapse will happen after. And, of course, Scripture predicts this. In Revelation chapter 6, there's going to be massive inflation to the tune of about 800% in Revelation 6. And there's going to be followed by famine and by death. A fourth of the world's population is going to die. And so, yeah, the economy does matter. But I think in the end that what's going to happen is Antichrist is going to seize upon that. And he's going to find a way to make people, at least from a surface issue way, feel like everything's going to be okay. But in order for that to happen, James, they're going to have to give up a lot of their rights.
1: My guest today on The Watchman on the Wall is author Jeff Kinley. We're talking about his book, Aftershocks. You can get a copy right now by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can always go online and order one at swrc.com. Jeff, every time I talk with you about Israel, the conversation's always enlightening. And you write about Israel and anti-Semitism in Aftershocks. Didn't the hatred we see today against the Jews start in Genesis 3.15, and won't it continue and find future fulfillment in Revelation 12?
2: Oh, it really will, because when you look back at Genesis 3.15, you see God making the promise that the seed of the woman, which is the only time that phrase is used in the Bible, is going to crush the head of the serpent. And so from that time on, Satan has been all-out war with humanity, but specifically with the nation of Israel. It's through Israel that the promises of the Messiah was given. It's through Israel that the scripture was written. The Messiah came. He was a Jew. And so Satan has been at war with Israel, with the Jewish people, ever since the beginning. Of course, you can fast forward all the way through history. You can see, and I outline in the book, just a kind of historical overview of anti-Semitism throughout the ages. Everything has just kind of been the mantra, blame the Jews. I mean, all the way up to World War II when you look at what's happened recently with COVID. In fact, there was a survey taken in Great Britain where I think it was 13% of the people in Great Britain blamed the Jews for the COVID Mm -hmm. outbreak, which is not unlike what they did during the time of the Black Plague, the Mm Ugonic Plague there. The Jews were blamed for Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash because it was an Israeli-made helicopter. They, They blamed the Jews for the George Floyd murder because the method that the policeman used was a method that he had gotten having been trained by the IDF from Israel. So, I mean, it all goes back to Satan just has to find a way to blame the Jews in everything. But when you fast forward, as you mentioned, to Revelation chapter 12, there's going to be an all-out assault on the Jewish people. In fact, Satan is cast down to the earth. He says he has great wrath. And I call it the midpoint massacre of the tribulation, where he's going to launch three assaults on the Jewish people. And, of course, God supernaturally intervenes for them And some of those as well. But, yeah, Satan is not finished persecuting the church in this age, and he's certainly not finished persecuting the Jews. And and I would just say this one more thing about that, James, is that people say, well, why was he going to continue to do that to the Jews? Well, Satan knows that in order for the Messiah to come back, the Jewish remnant has to call upon him to come back. There's going to be a cry out to the Lord for that. And if he can kill all the Jews, then there won't be any Jews to call upon Mm. the Messiah. And therefore, at least theoretically, that Jesus won't come back and his Antichrist can continue to rule the earth in perpetuity.
1: Jeff, isn't the modern state of Israel the super sign of Bible prophecy?
2: Well, it is. People always ask, what are the signs? What do I need to be looking for? I said, God's already given us the sign. (laughs) It happened in 1948 on May 14th when Israel became a nation against all odds. After having been scattered to 70 nations over 20 centuries, their language had all but died. Everything had gone to pie. They were scattered everywhere, and yet supernaturally they came together. And now there are more Jews living in the Holy Land than any other place on planet Earth. And God continually, just daily, these Jews are streaming into Israel. It's almost like we can watch prophecy being fulfilled at Tel Aviv Airport every day as they step off the plane. And so, yeah, he's brought them back together. And so if that has happened, it's the biggest sign of the time has happened, then all these lesser signs that we see in Revelation certainly are going to happen.
1: I always get new terminology from your books, Jeff, and you have given me another one, biblical billboards. You write about that in Aftershock. Besides Israel, what are some of the biblical billboards or some of the signs, some of the other signs that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ?
2: Like just driving down the road, you look up, you see a billboard, you get information, you know what to do, you kind of respond to it. I think another one and related to the Jews is just the push to rebuild the Jewish temple. I mean, there's so much going on with the Temple Institute, it was founded back in 1987. They have manufactured priestly garments uh, according to Old Testament specifications. They've trained hundreds and hundreds of young Jewish priests. They're looking for the red heifer. They have almost found the red heifer, they think, at certain points. Uh, they've fashioned the menorah. They're praying towards the Temple Mount. All they need is the real estate. All they need is permission to build on the Temple Mount, and they say in a matter of a couple of days they could get a makeshift temple up, but then I think they could get this thing done pretty quickly. You can go on their website, Temple Institute, and see their blueprint. So that's one of the stages that we're seeing being set right now, and of course I think that'll happen right after the Antichrist signs that peace treaty in Israel. I think another sign is just a sense of growing apostasy that we're seeing, not only across the world, but specifically in the church. The Bible says in the last days that men will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. People always ask me, do you see an end times revival prophesied before the rapture? And I go, well, there certainly could be one, but there's not one prophesied. But what I do see prophesied is an apostasy or a falling away from the faith. And, you know, we see this, James, with the whole denominations that are denying the inerrancy of Scripture. Some are denying the deity of Christ. They're ordaining homosexual and lesbian priests. They're sanctioning gay marriage. They're sanctioning abortions. So there's certainly an apostasy that we're seeing growing today. Then I think we also see the technology for the mark of the beast and the economic platform set up for the mark of the beast like we've never seen in human history. I mean, I like to say about COVID that at no time in my lifetime, and I dare say in the past 100 years, was the whole world focused, laser focused on one single thing. From every nation to every neighborhood, we were all talking about the same thing. That's essential to get that global mindset to prepare the way for Antichrist. And that dovetails with what's happening technologically right now with most every person on the planet having a some sort of digital footprint or digital fingerprint. And so the idea is that we are all connected online in some way. Well, what Satan, I think, through the Antichrist, wants to do is to make that an economic thing, where we're all connected economically in terms of a world digital bank. And once that happens, certainly he can control that economy. But it also translates to the technology, I think, of the mark of the beast. There's going to have to be a way that every person can seamlessly and fastly get this mark on their right hand or on their forehead And I think technologically speaking, we're there right now.
1: I think it was Adrian Rogers who said that things are growing gloriously dark, so we should keep looking up. But besides that, what should believers be doing in these last days?
2: I think there's a couple of things. I think one thing is to have a sense of purposeful urgency. And those two words have to go together because urgency sometimes communicates panic, and we at no time are taught to panic in Scripture. God has the world in control. He's a sovereign God. And I think it's very significant that before God launches into the tribulation judgments in Revelation chapter 6 that he takes John to heaven, first of all, and shows him the throne Uh, 13 times in 11 verses. The word throne is mentioned. And I think he's showed John that because John's about to be blown away with this apocalyptic vision. And so now God wanted him to know, hey, I'm on my throne. Nothing's going to dethrone me. So I think the first thing believers need to know is that God is in charge and there are no maverick molecules in the universe, heaven never meets an emergency session, that God's got this, okay? So that's the first thing. So working from the greater to the lesser, if he's got the world in control, then he certainly has our lives in the palm of his hand as well. So I just tell people, number one, be still, know that he's God. The second thing is, live your life. Don't allow the things that are going on in this world to derail you, to derail your godly plans, To derail your enjoyment of your family and your time with them. If you're planning to have babies, have babies. If you want to go to college, go to college. If you want to pursue a job or career, you need to do that. If you want to plant a tree, plant a tree. It's whatever God has put in your heart to do, as Martin Luther said, just go ahead and do it because we don't know when the timing is going to take place. So God wants us to enjoy the life that He's given us. The third thing I would say would be to live with discernment, not to be a naive Christian. Certainly don't be an ignorant Christian, but don't be a naive Christian. Uh, Pay attention to what's going on, avail yourself of great resources like this station that you're hearing this program on right now, and make sure that you're informed, have some trusted voices there that you can go to, and use discernment. I like to say that Bible prophecy is like putting on those night vision goggles that the Navy SEALs use, you know, so they can see these heat signatures in the dark that nobody else can see. Well, guess what? The Scripture does that for us. We can see things that nobody else can see because we're reading the world through the mesh of Scripture. And then the last thing I would say is, be salt and light in the world. Uh, It doesn't take much. In a dark, dark world, if you light a small candle, you're going to be a big light. And so today, by simply just declaring yourself as a follower of Jesus, you're going to shine the light. Now, some people don't like the light shining in their eyes. Uh, Some people don't like the fact that the light reveals things about them. But God has called us to be bold and to be courageous, not to have a spirit of timidity but to stand up in this world like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, no matter what the consequence, but also to herald boldly and unashamedly the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our mission in this world today.
1: Jeff, you are a great guest. I appreciate your ministry. Thanks so much for your time.
2: James, always. Thank you, my friend.
0: In Aftershocks, bestselling author Jeff Kinley reveals how current societal and global trends foreshadow the nearness of the end times and how the prophecies about what is to come should renew your passion to lovingly proclaim Christ to a suffering world. The book Aftershocks will supply you with critical intel concerning how your life will likely change in the years ahead and provide you with biblical wisdom that enables you to respond to current events with confidence and grace. Aftershocks unveils the raw realities these last days while inspiring you to live with hope. Order Aftershocks by Jeff Kinley today when you call 1-800-652-1144. You can always order online, swrc.com. And when you order Aftershocks, be sure to ask how you can become a faithful friend of Watchman on the Wall. You'll be helping this ministry continue to bring uncensored information like what you're hearing today. 1-800-652-1144. Four, four. Our host, Pastor Larry Spargamino, comes to the microphone now to share the latest information on our outreach ministry to prisoners.
3: One of the most important ministries that Southwest Radio Church is involved in is our prison ministry. This is Pastor Larry sharing with you our prison ministry update. I wanna let you know why I am making this appeal. But first of all, if you have helped our prison ministry, I really want to thank you. These men and women are incarcerated, they have a lot of time on their hands, time that can be used to read Christian materials and study the Bible and we help them with that. We provide Bibles, books, Christian literature and instructional materials that help prisoners grow in their faith. Some of these men and women will be released, some actually in the near future. They need help in staying out of prison. They need to know about the strength and wisdom the Lord provides. They need to learn how Jesus provides for them and how to avoid people and activities that will get them right back in prison. They are people for whom Jesus died. In 1 John 4, verse 14, the Bible says, we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the savior of the world. That certainly includes those who are incarcerated. Many have already been saved and are growing in the Lord and we praise the Lord for that. Our prison ministry connects with 52 prisons and 30 prison chaplains. In our last mailing, we sent out 2,200 items. Now secondly, I want to encourage you to pray for our prison ministry and for our director of prison ministry, Mimi Davis. Our need is great. Due to postal charges rising once again, it has become more expensive to send our material to the prisoners. So here's my appeal to you. Could you please help us defer the cost by giving to this much needed ministry? I really understand that these are tough times. I know as much as you do about that. But I would ask you to pray and ask God what he would have you to give. Now, what are our needs in terms of dollars and cents? I want to give you a breakdown of our expenses. The total average for the cost of books every week is about $573. That's every week. We send out about 10 new prisoner packets per month, totaling $120. The postal charge for the monthly mail-out is $595. That totals out to be about $1,100 per month. I'm always delighted to read some of the letters prisoners send to us, and I want to share some of them with you. Here's a portion of a letter from inmate Phillips in Alabama. I just wanted to send you a short thank you letter to all the people that make this newsletter possible. In a place such as this, reading God's word makes all the difference in the world. Thank you from the top to the bottom of my heart. Pray and believe. Here's a portion of a letter from a prisoner in Texas. Thank you for the pastor's letter and prophetic observer. And thank you for the book offer and all the other materials you've sent to me in the past. May God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit continue to shower you and Southwest Radio Ministries with peace, health, and happiness. God bless all of you. You know, friends, just think of what these materials mean for these men and women. There is hope. There's a word from the Lord, and perhaps most importantly, it means that someone cares. Here's a letter from a prisoner in Georgia. I thank God for your continued service for the Lord. I'm still enjoying the newsletters and truths of your ministry. Please keep me in prayer that the Lord supplies me with a good residence to go to when I'm released. My heart and mind are right now, and my carnal nature is at peace. Thanks to the wonderful working of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord continue to keep you and bless you. Now, personally, friends, I'm really happy, especially with that one, to receive a letter like the one I just read where the prisoner wrote, My heart and mind are right now, and my carnal nature is at peace. Thanks to the wonderful working of the Holy Spirit. Those words really touch my heart, and I'm sure they touch your heart as well. If you have further questions about our prison ministry, you can call me or our director of prison ministries at 1-800-652-1144. You can also call that number, 1 800 652 1144, to make a credit card donation to our prison ministry. Or you can write us, Southwest Radio Church, Post Office Box 76834, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma 73147. Southwest Radio Church, Post Office Box 76834, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma 73147. One more letter, this is from a 61-year-old inmate in Huntsville, Texas, and he says this, as a 61-year-old inmate in prison, I have struggled at times emotionally with the thought that my life has been rendered useless by sin. Your books and letters of encouragement have really helped me to trust in God's grace and mercy. There are seven men that I am praying for to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Please pray that the Lord will save them before the end of this year. Now, this is a common theme that we have almost in all of our letters, that these prisoners are using our materials. They're growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And guess what they're doing? They're telling other people about the Lord Jesus Christ. So personally, Pastor Larry here, I'm really excited about this ministry. We really need your help These are tough times, I would be the first one to admit that, but God will provide, God will help you. If he touches your heart, if he gives you direction, purpose, and focus, God is in it, and what a great, great work that will be.
0: Two outstanding resources that you need are the books Global Reset by Mark Hitchcock and Jeff Kinley and Aftershocks by Jeff Kinley. Both of these books will help you be biblically informed while inspiring you to live with hope. Order both Global Reset and Aftershocks today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, James Collins and Larry Stamm will debut our brand new Prophecy Calendar. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.